Hi, I'm Tony Riddle, and this is the Natural Lifestylist podcast. So way back in December, I had this crazy idea to run from Land's End to John O'Groats in just 30 days. But I wasn't just going to run it, I was going to run it barefoot to raise funds for environmental charities and collaborate with world-leading experts, to raise awareness and money for six organisations fighting the top sustainability issues of our time. I knew running barefoot would raise many a socially extreme eyebrow, and with that eyebrow raising behaviour, I would be able to provide a perfect platform to highlight the importance of connecting with our environment and those key sustainability issues of our time. So peeps, let me introduce you to the man that is Roger Wright. Roger Wright is a packaging technologist with over 20 years experience designing out waste and designing in solutions that work. Roger's inspired by a future where the activity of packaging is understood more holistically and can evolve within the context of an effective circular economy. He also believes that when packaging is integral to building a successful brand, costing only a tenth of the goods it protects and promotes, but with a net positive impact on the world, we should all love the last 10%. Roger and I spent a fair bit of time together and I feel I learned so much from the conversation. And if the conversation wasn't enough to go by, he also joined me for the final 10 mile run of the day and an ice bath workshop with Arthur Paulines and Martin Batrus from the Nice Collective. Anyway, enough waffle. I hope you enjoy the sustainability chat. So, I'm here with a man called Roger, Roger Wright. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Roger. So I know Roger through, you've heard me talk about in multiple podcasts now about Yehudi Gordon. And Roger is the son-in-law of Yehudi Gordon. Officially this year. There you go, officially this year. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. So um, Roger... I didn't get married to Yehudi, obviously. (laughs) The way I said that was like, I'm married to Tanya, of course. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So Roger's here from M&S, so we're going to be talking about... What are we going to talk about, Roger? What are we on for? Well, I want to just quickly say, why, why am I here, really? Because yeah, why are you why here, Why am man? I here? And what then I'll you tell do, you what, what I do. What are you doing behind the mic so right now? I'm, I'm the son-in-law of, of Yehudi, the great Yehudi Gordon. I think we can call him your student, can we? Of 79 well, I think years? Both, you know, I think we're both students. We're all students, put it that way. I learned just as much from Yehudi as I think. Um, so it was Yehudi who introduced me to you. Yeah. And we did a bit of we did a little bit of work before and most significantly after I had a bad road traffic accident. That's right. Yeah. And you literally straightened me out. And then more recently, you taught me how to run. Let's cover. Let's go. Let's let's just let's go back to the car accident. What happened in the car accident? Because that was quite a, well, that's I quite got, a big thing in talking about sustainability. It's about how do you get back from there. Right? Yeah. Well, I, I was crossing um, a zebra crossing on the way to work, on the way to the station to go to work. It was a bit dusky. Yeah. The car approached from the left. I thought it was slowing down, so I crossed, and it turned out they weren't. They were slowing down, but not for me. For the bend that came afterwards. Wow. It took my legs from under me. I had no idea. I had no clear sign that was going to happen. So I went straight up in the air and I landed on my head like that. Literally took all the w- my body weight on my head. <sighs> yeah. Um, I immediately stood up. It was in the shock of it all. I think. It's amazing, the what adrenaline, else, right? What else is broken? You know, yeah. I was trying to feel my body, and thank God there was some, a passerby who happened to be a nurse, said, stop, sit down, you might have done something a lot worse than, mm. than what they sh- was obviously happening in my head. Yeah. Uh, and she looked after me until the ambulance came. And, th- and luckily, of course, I, I didn't s- have any severe injuries. I had a very nasty head injury, 
but that that healed up. I've still got a nice scar on my head. Yeah. But my back and my neck were scrunched up really badly after that. And and and, I ha and when I first saw you, obviously I was I was coming to see you because I was a cyclist at, the, at that point. Yeah. Very hunched over. Yeah, yeah. And I needed a better posture. But that that accident made it, you know, ten times worse. Um. And you know, and, and it, you helped me a lot. Obviously, straight straighten my back, show me how to stand and how to walk, and, and then, like I say, recently how to run. So um, I've been doing a lot of running recently. Brilliant. And in the vivos, of course. Yeah, man. Um, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to see you on this. On this. Because we're going to get the run together, aren't we? I want to do a little bit of a run. That would be nice, man. But the other thing I the other thing I noticed when you well, it occurred to me when you posted about this adventure. I, it re I realized that you, when you were meeting all these people through, throughout the journey, yeah. something that would be coming up a lot would be plastic waste, and, pla and in particular, plastic packaging waste. Yeah, like zero waste is you a would, big topic for people right now. Talking to a lot of people, sustainability people, who, who are quite rightly concerned about it. Mm. So I thought, and I wonder if I can add anything to the conversation. Can I come and talk to you about trying to tell you what the industry is doing? Because yeah. some people may not realize there's a lot going on in the background, um, maybe not as quickly as some people would like. Well, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because people expect things to change overnight. It's kind of, we don't have much patience here, do we? And, it's the, and, and if it was to happen overnight, could you imagine the cost implications yeah. of that? And then the next complaint would be, oh, this is so expensive now. Why are we paying so much money? So it has to be almost like drip-fed in a way, you know? So yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because I was, people like me, packaging technologists, who design, who design? I just got to start. I mean, it's such a great title, isn't it? <laughs> a packaging technologist. I love it. Well, I, st I started. I started my career 25 years ago as a packaging designer. Yeah. I, I would physically design the packaging. I wouldn't do the graphic design. I'd physically do the, the structure of packaging. Yeah. And then more recently, in the last 10 years, I've, I've become a, a packaging technologist. Which is basically you're, you're not only looking at the structural design, you're looking at the specification of the materials, how they're made, are they are they sustainably sourced. You know, and all of all of the technical aspects as well as the design aspects. You know, and that's that's the job I've been doing for the last ten years within in a retailer, in a major retailer. Happen to be at MS at the moment, I've been there eight years. So I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of change over that time. So it's a twenty year period. It's a twenty five year period. Twenty five year period, but eight years with MS. Eight, eight yeah? years with MS. But since day one I was trained as a designer to make the most of the of the materials given to us. Yeah. So it's in it's in our packaging technologists and designers just just use the the least amount of material possible. So it's already in that DNA. It's already in our DNA. Yeah. And until recently we were kind of we were in the shadows of, of these big organizations. And then David Attenborough came along, Blue Planet Two, and suddenly, actually, you're the guy. You can probably help us fix this and do something about it. And actually we were work People like me have been working on these ideas for 10, 15 years. And you're like behind the scene, finally. <laughs> finally. <laughs> and you can bring forward these ideas you've been working on mm. that probably batted back, back and back many, many times. Because now it's so much more important. Yeah. Not only from a, like cynically, it's from a, a, a PR perspective. And your reputation as a company is, is, a, is a threat if you don't do something about it. But actually, a company like MS just wants to do the right thing as well. And most of the retailers do as well, to be fair. And there are. The, re the likes of me are now, are now helping all these companies, big, big retailers and brands, do, do the right thing yeah. when it comes to plastic packaging. Yeah. And I guess, like I say, the other thing I want to you know, get across to you today, and the reason I'm here is I wanted to try and tell you, some of those, tell you about some of those things. Yeah, man. Not because I'm, a, I'm not an advocate for the plastic industry, by far from it, but I think people need to understand 
that there are unintended consequences of potentially you know, switching out plastic into something else that yeah. might not be the right thing to do. Okay, well, it's good to have that conversation then, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, man. So Let's do it. So there's probably, there. there's probably four things that we do as an industry, and, and specifically I do and, and M&S do, um, and then we can pass dr to drill a bit deeper into that if you want to. Please, yeah. So the first thing we do, and as I say, it's in our DNA, we try and, make, we try and, just, we try and remove plastic wherever we can. And we've been, obviously, as I say, we do that anyway, but the, the Blue Planet effect has put that on steroids in the last 18 months. So we're desperately trying to, we, look at, we turn over every stone, look at every bit of packaging, say, what can we just take off? Because fundamentally, that's what we've got to do. We've got to just remove plastic. It's very difficult because we're, we're potentially hamstrung by a, supply, a long supply chain, yeah. brutal supply chain where products potentially get damaged or, or go off, you know, get soiled or whatever. So we have, we have to work within those constraints at the moment. Um, and it's, um, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a, we're trying to, we, as well as that, we're trying to just reduce the amount of packaging as well. But actually, that's not, that's not a sustainable, that's not sustainable in the long term. Because yeah. if, a, if a business grows and you've reduced, say, a certain amount of packaging on a certain line, you're still going to produce more plastic going forward. Yeah, because you're just generating more plastic. You might have reduced it by ten percent, but if you're selling more stuff, you, you create more plastic. So we recognise that as an in our industry, that's not the it's it's the right thing to do, but it's not it's the, it's the first step. So it's factoring in it with growth at the same yeah. time. So yeah. The second thing we are obviously the second thing we do, and I suppose this is more recent really in our industry, is we're trying to redesign the way it works. We've got to sort of re relearn plastics, rethink yeah. how we use it. Um, and try and redesign, if we can, that supply chain that I described as, as, a, as an Achilles heel for us. So completely reinvent almost for how we sell products. And that's quite difficult. And we, you know, we've got some examples of that. And the third thing we do, the third thing we are doing as an industry, all the retailers have got together and all the brands, and we voluntarily have agreed through consultation with the government to pay a lot more money for the collection and cleanup of plastic waste. Okay. In, in the country. So um, we pay uh, roughly about 10% of that at the moment as, as, as retailers. But the new law which will come in, new laws which will come in over the next three years could, could t times that by 10. So typically a business, a, a big retailer is paying two to three million pounds for that at the moment. Mm. That will go up to 20, 30, 40, even 40 million pounds that businesses will be asked to pay. Wow. And we're happy to do that yeah, yeah. with one caveat. Yeah, we want to see where that money goes. So we want to see that money going into new infrastructure for recycling. Yeah, or for where know, the resources are. Where yeah. the, we want to physically see the we want to see what what that money is spent on. For example, we, if compostable packaging becomes a, a thing, we yeah. want an infrastructure for compostable packaging. Yeah, like we were having that discussion earlier. I didn't realise that. It doesn't exist at the moment. So basically, what, what we were discussing earlier is that, you know, plastic bags. Who is it by? Who is it at the moment? Uh, Co-op. Co-op. So they've introduced compostable, compostable, bags, compostable yeah. bags, which are great, but if the refuse company turn up and arrive and they see it, then they may be pulling those out. Correct. But if they're left within the compost, then they're compostable. But if they're yes. pulled out, then they're not. So until everybody switches to compostable bags... That model still isn't trusted, correct, right? Correct. Yeah. And what the co-op have done is great, actually, because they're, what they're, they're, they're slowly introducing that bag into, into, into parts of the UK that does have food waste collections. Mm. Not everybody. Only 60% of the UK has food waste collections, and only about half of those trust the bags that they're getting in, the, in those 
in that way. So the co-op are doing a managed approach to that, but they're also lobbying government to say, come on, guys, let's have a compostable system that works because there's nothing at the moment. Yeah, because it's like going back to the first conversation we had at the podcast we had, which is with um, Hugo Tag Home. So they were one of the big voices in amongst that, that they were getting the surcharge onto plastic bags, the 5P charge put onto plastic bags. And that's a matter of changing legislation again, because otherwise people would just be going in and grabbing plastic bags anyway. Yeah. And firstly, you know, to the cynic, it was like, oh, well, people are just going to pay five pence. But no, it made an 85% reduction difference. So it has to change. It, again, it has to be the bigger picture. It needs to change at that government level, doesn't well, it? Well, at least the fourth thing I, I think that we're trying to do as a, as a company, and that's change behaviours. This is, this is the hardest of the four things, is to change behaviours. <clears throat> What's normalised? Yeah, because... And bags is a good example where M&S actually introduced a, a charge for bags yeah. before it was law. So probably at the same time that Service Against Sewage are doing their thing. Oh, so you were already charging before the law changed? We introduced, we had a charge. And oh, we, wow, we saw a reduction in bag use. There you go. And then because of who we are, people tend to sort of watch, watch M&S and they, will, they tend to follow. But obviously the law had to, ha the law had to change for everybody mm. to, to, be, to do it. Yeah. And there's, but there's still more we can do. So can I ask what M&S would do? What, what were they doing? So if you introduced, introduced a charge of 5p, say, per bag, yeah. where, does the, where would the 5... So talk about traceability. Where does the 5p go? We, used, we put that into, into different charities at the okay. time. And that, that, now that's mandated in law as well. So yep. you've got to pay a certain amount to a charity. So uh, we, we did that, and we, we continue to do that in our, for our food bags that, that we still sell. Brilliant. Um, but we've just... Just last week, actually, we've opened a new store in Clapham Common. I think it's Clapham, or maybe near the, near the station. Okay. Brand new store, completely plastic-free of bags, no bags. Wow. And, and something else that was interesting, we actually introduced a water tap. It's not revolutionary, is it? We've introduced a water tap so people can go and refill their bottles. So hopefully we can change, we can sort of change behaviours. But what a shift, a though, because it's yeah. all happening, isn't it? Yeah. It's like... It's only one store. Isn't that... Granted, but but, but that's, I mean, surely that should be already, that should be on the news or it should be on some kind of advertisement already yeah. because that's, that's how you bring around, that's being the change. And then others will have to align with that, won't they? Because yeah. we start to get into that competitive corporate kind of model eventually, don't we? You know? There is a, there is a, there is a, a thing, though, out there that companies, big companies are scared of, talking too much about their, their green initiatives. I saw a piece about for, this. For fear of being called greenwashers. They're, yep. they're worried that they'll be, client, they'll be greenwashing the, 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 you know, their customers. I they're think they're all, doing good things. Yeah, I think I read something about they're also concerned that you know, some of them are doing amazing work. I mean, absolutely phenomenal work. But it isn't 100% traceable. So their concern is we put ourselves out there as this sustainable environmental brand. Yeah then someone's going to be able to pick on something, yeah. you know? And it's yeah. a bit like the individual, isn't it? You know, because there is that. That can happen, Yeah. you know? So we've got to, we've got to try and change behaviours, and there's, there's, you know, there's a number of ways we can do it. Um, so we've done it on bags, trying to do it with water if we can, mm. you know, get people to... You don't, need to buy, you don't need to sell water. In the future, who is going to buy a bottle of water in a supermarket? I'm not sure that's, that will be a thing. But it, the, 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 the convenience of the product and the packaging is, is so good... Customers aren't easily going to change what they do, and that that that's part of the problem in a way. Yeah, I think it's again going back to Hugo's conversations because they're bringing in, you know, they're fighting for legislation at the moment around bottle banks, right? Plastic bottle yeah. banks, and then at yeah. least you know that that plastic bottle bank, the plastics can be recycled and cycled, yeah. re uh, yeah. uh, upcycled. Let's say. 
you well, know. Part of, part of that, part of that, um, if you know, that 40 million potentially that we pay as a retailer more, part of that will be will go into the DRS system. Now, the yeah. DRS system has been launched in Scotland now. Okay. It's the deposit return scheme. Yep. Um, a lot of acronyms in retail. I'm really sorry. No, it's good. The DRS. <laughs> DRS. The DRS. The deposit. DRS. Deposit. Deposit return scheme. Deposit return. It's an old-fashioned idea, right? Yeah. Take your bottle back. Get your. 10 I remember taking b- bottles of pop back to the newsagent. But that's that is that's customers got to think. Ah, I've got to be bothered to take it back. But this could change behaviours, but not just on bottles. It could potentially become more ingrained in terms of what sort of other what other things could we take back. Could we yeah. could we be renting our packaging in the future, all of it potentially? Wow, because we because we um we have deliveries from Riverford, right? And Riverford they ca- come in cardboard boxes every week, and we, we put this, we well. put the cardboard boxes yeah. back out. They take the cardboard boxes away and up turn the new new the new boxes. Yeah, yeah. Which again is a great I think a great system, yeah. great model. And if I'm right, Riverford also and this I suppose this goes to the wider point. Riverford only sell you seasonal. Fruit and veg. Is that, is that well, right? some of it, you know, they can do, but I think in the UK we'd suffer a bit. You know, people would just get sick of eating brassica group. Yeah. Um, so I think some of it does, he does um, ship it in um, France, Spain. Um, but I think there's, a, there's a, again, he's the ethical part of that. That's, that's to yeah. standard, I think. Because I think a, bi- a bigger conversation we have to have as an industry and, and with the customer is, is the carbon footprint of what we're doing is counterintuitive to some of the things that you think are bad. Yeah. So the carbon footprint of a plastic bag is so much lower than a paper bag. It's, it's not even funny. It's, it's tiny compared to a paper bag. And yet, you feel like that paper bag is the right solution. But actually, when you look into it, let's, let's reinvent what we're doing in a, over, some, over with plastic. Let's try and remove bags altogether or do something completely different rather than introduce something that actually could be worse. For the environment. Yeah, I wonder what's the, what's what, I wonder what the what's the carbon imprint of the um, compostable bag then. How does they're that pretty, work? They're pretty high. So if, they? if a if a if a plastic bag is one on the scale, a compostable bag is probably a three or a four, and then a paper bag is probably a nine or a ten, looking at the carbon impact. I mean it depends what you do with it, of course, but that's roughly where where it sits. So you can you can imagine on a bigger scale the impact if suddenly a big supermarket changes to paper bags overnight. Yeah, and it suddenly gets to a confusing conversation, that, doesn't it? Because plastic bags are going to be around forever, of course, aren't they? You know, compostable, I guess, would be the answer then. If it's a three on the scale. Yeah. And then can we offset that? Yeah, yeah. You know, so the, another guy, I want to introduce you to Michael, actually. I interviewed Michael Thornton the other day. So he's the CEO of Carbon Analytics. Did he used to work for Deer Smith? I recognise that name. I think I, I think. Well, I used to work for a company called DS Smith, and I think Mike. Maybe, maybe years ago. Um, bri- I would still like brilliant to brain again. Yeah. I mean, for all businesses, so even down to the coffee shop now. Yeah. They're, you know, it's a big, big companies down to the coffee shop, and so that you could go in and you could look at, let's say, it was a sandwich, for instance. That sandwich, they can tell you what the carbon. Um, print is of yeah. that sandwich versus yeah. another sandwich versus something else, yeah, which is yeah. going to be incredible when it yeah. moves in that direction. Of course, of course. So then that comes down to the individual then making that decision too, which would then drive, ah, this is what we want to be selling based on yeah, um, yeah people's preference. You get, yeah, getting into human behavior again, aren't you? I mean, I can't, I can't, I'd love to say to all our customers, go vegan, that's going to save the planet. That's mm. going to reduce our carbon footprint and massively. But who, who, not nine people are going to tell me to go away. One person might, might give it a try. 
you know, you've got to make that decision for yourself to, you know, to change the world, if you like. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. So I, I went, I went meat-free and milk-free this year. So I stopped, I just stopped, and I'm loving it. It's brilliant, you know. So that's even, a, I mean, that's a huge conversation itself because I had a, um, I did an interview with someone that's um, the ethical butcher, and we talked about holistic management. So holistic management, if you imagine, you had like the grazing animal, and originally you would have had an apex predator that would move the animals around, right? Yeah. So they, if you had a field this big, they would get the the grazing animals and they act like the apex predator and they move the um, the animals into the into this segment, let's say, right? Into, say, a, a 20th of this square. And then the animals are then just, they're graze and graze and graze, poop, mush it all in, yeah. and that sequesters carbon. Right. So there's yeah. this, there's, there's a conversation that hasn't quite come through yet. There's yeah. more to it. There's a bigger picture there. I'm, yeah. I'm discovering yeah. more and more with that holistic management. It sounds very interesting. And then you can move them onto land that's basically it's not being used. Yeah. Yeah. And then we can start to change, change the landscape well, that's, again. That's the thing about compostable and biodegradable plastics. Yeah. If you don't do that, you're sequestering the carbon yeah. for as long as you can keep that material in the system. Yeah. So if you can reuse and recycle plastic over and over again, that's, that's locked up there. As soon as you put it in a compost heap, that carbon is, a, is into the atmosphere. And that's, yeah. one of, that's one of the disadvantages, one of, one of the few disadvantages of, of, of a biodegradable or a compostable piece of packaging. Okay, okay. Ideally, we want to keep that in the system. That's kind of the... The recycling is way down the hierarchy. Yeah. And so is compostable, really. Because you really want to keep that material in the system if you can. So we're doing a lot, we're doing a lot of work to try and put recycled material into our products where yeah. we can. And customers are coming around to that as well. Okay. So historic, for example, we've removed the black uh, food trays. I'm sure you don't eat. I'm sure you don't eat microwave meals, but a lot of people do. Yeah. And those historically would have been black. Yeah. And they're very difficult to recycle. Not impossible, but very difficult. So we're now we're com- we, most retailers now come out of that out of black. Yeah. Waitrose, to their credit, have now said to customers, actually, it might be might be pink this tomorrow. It might be yellow the day after. It might be a different colour, basically, because. We don't know necessarily what recycler is coming into the system. Oh, wow. We just take whatever we, take whatever we can get, and you get a food tray. It's safe, it's clean, but it might be a different colour tomorrow. Don't worry yeah. about it. It's, you go back five, five years, maybe even two years, marketeers would have gone, that's no way, I want, my, I want my black tray and I don't want it to change colour ever. <laughs> so now that's the f- customers are coming around to the idea that things... Recycled material is a good thing, and, and it's still a safe thing to, to have your food. And as you say, it stays in the system. Exactly, yeah. So we're working hard to, to make sure we put recycled material into packaging. And one very exciting bit of technology that isn't ours but we're, we're using is, um, is a system whereby any of the really nasty, horrible, unrecyclable plastic can now be turned back into a, what is called plaques, basically um, a waxy oil, which is basically you turn that back into plastic again. <laughs> so there's a, this technology exists. I think there's a. I think one of the local authorities in, in Scotland has now got one of these machines, and the way that it's been designed, it's modular, so you can just be bolted onto any existing material recycling facility. Mm. It's relatively inexpensive, and it cracks the it cracks the plastic down to its almost its constitute parts. Okay. Into oil, and then potentially you can use that again either as fuel or as oil to make something else. This is quite new. So we are, we've launched a take back scheme in eight stores where people can bring all that nasty plastic back that historically was really impossible to recycle and we're sending it to this this plant to turn it into oil before we do that we're going to turn it into playground equipment first we're going to use the first batch for that 
and then hopefully we'll roll this out. So that's like introducing a DR, DRS? Well, it's, 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 I suppose it's a stage before the DRS. It's, it's free for the customer. If they, can, if they want to bring it back, and this is where the behaviours comes in, I want to persuade all our customers to bring all of their plastics back. Yeah, because they almost need incentives sometimes. Most of that goes into the black bin. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm telling everyone I can listen, you know, once a week, put all your nasty plastic in a carrier bag, tie it up, bring it in and put it in the, in the tape back box at store. Um, and now all of that gets genuinely recycled. It's not getting, it's not getting shipped to China. Not getting burnt or landfilled, it's actually getting recycled into something that could potentially be remade into another plastic. Wow. So this is exciting. There's some really And over and over, over and over again. and in. So there's loads and loads of innovation out there. And if and if nothing else, you know, at Attenborough and all the all the wave of quite rightly the criticism about ocean waste is pushing innovation now really, really strongly. So people like me can actually go, brilliant, we can put some of these ideas back into the market. It's today. amazing that, re that just it's re so reactive, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it is you know, That's and the then people like yourself that yeah. have been proactive for a certain amount of time, then it's like, wow, okay, fine, finally, we're, it's happening. But I suppose you just take a, I take a step back and go, okay, fair enough. I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a, I told you so type of person. No. Like, okay, let's, that's Being fine. Being patient let's, in let's the process. Let's, let's revisit these, these ideas. Yeah. Um, something I did probably six years ago, is I, I, I grew packaging out of mushrooms. So we did a trial that we can actually grow packaging in a, in a dark space. Yeah. And the mycelium yeah, yeah. starts to react. But you put it in a mold. You can mold it into different shapes. So we, did, we actually did it. And then we can use it as protective packaging. So when you get a, I don't know, a washing machine or a you know, big, big heavy item in a box that needs protection. Yeah, so rather than having that horrible pla uh, polystyrene exactly. around them polystyrene and the plastic an packaging. And yeah. yeah. So we, you know, we, do, we were doing things like that years ago, and now I'm, I'm reintroducing that potentially into, into our world. You know. Wow, man. It's just one of them. It's one of a hundred, you know, hundreds of different innovations that we can now revisit, you know. So, I, I, you know, I want... You know, I wanted to get across that there was a lot going on out well, there. Well, there's so much positive stuff behind yeah. the scenes, isn't there? You know, and I think for anyone listening, it's just, you know, again, it's being patient within the process yeah. and yeah. understand that, yeah, but what you're, what you're there's doing, change. But what you're doing and what, what's happening out there with Surface Against Sewage and everybody else is, is brilliant because it just, it makes people stop and think. Mm. Should, I, should I reuse that bag? Should I use it, you know, buy a, buy a reusable bottle instead of... You know, keep buying a bottle of water. Yeah, and at the same time, just be patient with yourself and remove anxiety. I was saying earlier, you know, there's been occasions when we've needed plastic bottles on this run. Yeah. It's just there hasn't been an alternative. And I could, I could easily go into, ang oh, my God, I've got to do this. But, you know, yeah. be patient with the process and just give yourself a break a bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think until, as, as we say, the bigger players and legislations change and things are just normalised... Yeah. Then that 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 voice will quieten anyway. Yeah, yeah. So um, with, with everything else that's going on in the country, this is, this stuff will happen. The, the new taxes will come in, retailers will start to pay a bit more. Hopefully, we'll see the infrastructure develop. So one thing the government has promised to do is to mandate food collection, food waste collection across the UK, or across England, but it should it should follow throughout the UK. Okay. Which means then you could potentially build behind that. You can build a. Um, an infrastructure for compostable, biodegradable packaging, potentially, if you could put it in the food waste. So, that yep. so then you could tell everybody, or you could potentially have everybody using the same kind of packaging and all going into the right, the right place. Wow. You just don't want to make it too complicated for customers. I mean, I see. You see those, you see those bins sometimes where there's probably five, 
five different holes, and you've got to think, oh, which yeah, exactly, which yeah, yeah. Uh, we need to simplify that. Time for, to, for that. They just want one bin for the recycler, and it gets dealt with, and it gets dealt with properly. Mm. Um, you know, ideally, we don't want to put it in there in the first place, but what's left over, we can physically recycle. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I work a lot on in in dot com, ecom. Yeah, and. Any business will tell you that's that's where the growth is. It's the only it's anywhere it's the only place the growth is. Yeah. So a lot of the nightmares you see is econ packaging, big boxes full of fresh air, you know, and a lot of waste appear a, a lot of waste there. But that is something that we're working on too. So we're looking at trying to improve all of that. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, James here. We had a issue with James's bag and lost the drone and the laptop yeah. and camera. So new stuff's been delivered. Yeah. And just watching just the, just the amount of packaging that comes through. We order it on Amazon, it arrives. Yeah. You know, really, is this, is this necessary? Well, interestingly, Amazon have just, have just about to make it policy for them. And obviously, everyone who wants to sell stuff has to use Amazon now. Mm. They've made it policy, and it's, it's a brilliant idea. They've basically said to the likes of um, you know, a drone maker... Yeah. What we used to do, your packaging used to come to us, we'd overwrap it and send it to a customer. Actually, what you've got to do now is make that packaging fit for, a, fit for the whole journey. And we mandate that. If you want to work with us, you've got to make that packaging right for the whole journey. Wow. So all Amazon really do now is just, is just light touch, pass it on to the customer. So there's no extra packaging going on that drone box, for example. Mm -hmm. So they, for, from a certain weight and size of product, from the 1st of October, I think, that it's mandated. If you want to work with Amazon, you have to follow this process. They call it frustration-free packaging. Frustration-free. It's a nice name. It's nice. But it's a brilliant idea. FFP. You know, <laughs> with you, whatever, you th whatever you think of Amazon, that's an actually brilliant, that's a brilliant idea because it just it, it makes people think about the end-to-end -end piece of packaging rather than you know, just adding packaging throughout the supply chain. Yeah. So I can see that. I can see other other big online companies following that. Have MNS got anything in place so where you can look at full traceability? Is there anything coming in there? That's in terms of packaging. Yeah. I, I mean, mean we're already we're already fully traceable, so we know exactly where we know. I mean, we 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 produce a hell of a lot of paper packaging. Okay. And we do something called the Wood Report every year, so we, right. we actually can trace all of the paper because obviously it comes from wood back to back to almost the forest. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of plastic, we've got to, we've, we fully we trace it back to the, the producer of the plastic as well. And so for so the customer, they can find that anywhere. Well, they 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 can if they if they choose to ask. Okay. But we don't we don't publish that information. Yeah. On on website, we what we do do we have a we have a map of our vendors, our product vendors. Yeah. So you can see where all your products coming from. Yeah. And then obviously behind the scenes, we've got all that. We've done all that due diligence on the packaging as well. I think it's well worth doing because, you know, I, um, I did a workshop with Lululemon. And Lululemon, you know, they, they invited me in and I went in there, um, personal shopper. I just, young, uh, this lady take me round and she just, oh, I think these will be great for you. I think these will be great for you. And then they gave me a cup of tea and then out I went. Anyway, I posted about it because it was a nice experience and I'm doing a workshop with them and I got some clothes out of it. And then... Someone posted in immediately, ooh, immediately about sustainability yeah, and yeah. Lululemon. And I was like, right, okay, let's have a look. So when you go on, they, again, they go all the way through it. They say, well, we're trying to be as um, transparent as possible. Here's, we did a full carbon report in whichever year. Yeah. And it's all, it's all there. If you look, yeah. you, can, you can find it. And I yeah. thought that was brilliant because it was absolutely an opportunity to say, well, again, you can't expect a company to change overnight. It's a massive organization, yeah, yeah. but these are the things they're doing, and this yeah. is the direction they're heading in, you know? Yeah, and we, we can see that. We report, 
reporting of what we do is, is really important to us. And yeah. We're not, we're not perfect, but we're working hard to, to improve that, you know, that transparency. And so, yeah, we've got that. We've got the information. Yeah, man. Anyone wishes to find it, you know, wishes to have it. Sounds like you're doing amazing work. There's stuff there it's on fun. there. You it's, know, it's stuff it's we've discussed already fun. on there. It blows me away because it's... I mean, no, no two days are the same when you work in packaging. Yeah, You're man. touching every part of the business. You know, everybody needs packaging. Everybody, everybody somewhere needs somehow to get something from A to B. Yeah. From B to C, you know. Of and you're, course. And you're the people that, you know, facilitate that. So it's a, fu- it's a fun industry. And it's even more interesting at the moment with everything that's going on. So I, I, I say bring it on. Anyone who's got issues with plastic, bring it on. We, we're happy to help. Okay, what do, you, what do you see the progression over the next, let's say, five years? What's over the next, what's coming over the next five years from a packaging technologist um, I s- prediction? From a, from, a, from a meta level, I think reusable packaging is, is going to be more and more prevalent in our world. Um, I mean, one thing, I, obviously, we have a big fashion business. And the next thing, I think, from a fashion point of view is is rent, rental clothes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Jasmine was talking so about with this. Rent, with rental clothes, you're going to have reusable bags. You're going to have to have products going backwards and forwards constantly. You can't have single-use plastic on those products if you become a rental business. You've got to have a reusable system. Mm. And I think pe- people will go, oh, it'll never happen in the UK. It's happening in the, U- in the States. It'll never happen here. But it will. It will be massive. And that's something like that will drive reusable e-com packaging or reusable web retail packaging and I think you're seeing or you're already seeing that in the food space as well yeah so you're seeing reusable formats sort of being played with yep um, I use a company called Splosh for okay. all our detergents yeah so they send it through the post through a little, it fits through the letterbox you buy one bottle you've got that for life and all you do is drop in the reuse the, the concentrate into the bottle it biodegrades in the in the, in the water Really? And you've got your you've got your kitchen spray and your toilet sp- toilet cleaner, whatever. Yeah. You've only ever used one bottle. And what's the name of that brand again? Splosh. Splosh. Okay. You know, I shouldn't really be promoting other companies. Yeah, but, yeah, but there is a great, it's a great is thing. A, this is a great, ex- a, p- a pioneering in well, not only reusable a solution. The bottle is reusable, but the actual product they're sending you is is so much more sustainable because it's coming through the post. It's very small and light, and all you're doing is adding water to it, warm water, and you've got your product right there. There's little things like this happening all over the place in, in little pockets. Yeah. So I think the big, the big thing for us at 7S is we're trying to find opportunities for re- reusable packaging. Because in that hierarchy of what we saw, the hierarchy of need, I think the first one is refuse. Yeah. Like, like today, I refused that water bottle yeah. that, that that lady kindly gave me in yeah. favour of this. Yeah. So we've got to be more vocal. So ref- you know, when, you get a, when you get mail through the post you don't want, you should, you should say, I don't want that. Mm. I don't want that waste of paper. I didn't ask for it. So we should refuse. And then we should reduce. And I've I hopefully demonstrated we are doing enough to reduce what we can. Yeah. The next one is reuse. Yeah. So let's try and reuse as much as we can. And then the last one on the, the, last one on the, la- on the ladder is, is reuse. Oh, sorry, recycle. Recycle, yeah. yeah. So that, that's, it's not bad, but it's the, least, it's the one you should choose last. Yeah. You should be doing one of those other three. Some people actually say the fi- there's a fifth one, and, and that's rot. Yeah. So if you can't recycle it, then it can rot in the ground safely. So that's moving towards compost. That's yeah. discussion of compostable again. So if, if you like, there's a hierarchy of five, of five R's. Yeah. And I, re- I met a lady and read her book. I got a lady called Bea, Bea Johnson. Yeah. You might, have, you might have know her there. She's a French lady who lives in California. And she lives a completely zero waste yeah. distance. 
no, she, she puts in her kiln the jar that big, the waste she generates every year. Incredible. Does and she have she, a family? She has a family. That's a incredible thing, because I, I look at it and, you know, I'm, we're doing our best, right? We're doing what we can, and, but there's still, from a family perspective, it's like, wow, it's okay. Hard, it's, especially it's, with babies around. It's, it? it's <laughs> tough. You know, yeah. we even did no nappies. Yeah. We've, you know, we, we smashed it, but even then there's still, by the end of it, you're like, look how much is in our well, bin. I, I, I'll tag you into a, a, an Instagram post later, because she's amazing. Yeah. And, um, okay, I'll have a look at She's an inspiration that. for us all, really. And M&S as a business have said we will try and be a zero waste business by 2025. That's a brilliant statement, right? And that is massive. To be able, we're already, we're already zero waste to landfill, so we don't send anything to landfill as we stand. So M&S is zero waste to zero landfill. Waste, zero waste landfill now. Wow. But in 2025, our ambition is to be a zero waste business in its in entirety. Now okay. that is a, that is a massive ask when you think of all the stores and all of the people that we have, and not like packaging is a is a tiny part of that, but. Mate, that's brilliant. That's, that's where we. That's where we're heading. Hopefully, and that's in I, five I, years. I say that's a very good place to call it a day. That that's cool. amazing. I love that. I keep posting. Zero waste. M and F. Zero waste. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That should be out there. That yeah. should be a huge statement out there. Right, man. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Boom. So I hope you enjoyed the sustainability chat as much as I did. Roger's a legend, isn't he? Um, to find out more about Roger, then check out the show notes. And if you like the conversation, then please show some love by spreading the message wide and far. If you're new to the podcast, then please go back and listen to the previous episodes. And it also really helps promote the podcast if you can hit the rate button and subscribe. If you have in any way been inspired by my Barefoot Sustainability Running Challenge, then please make a donation to one or more of the sustainability and environmental organisations that I am fundraising for. You will find the Just Giving pages in the show notes. Huge thanks to Mr James Joyce for all your work in helping get these conversations out. You are appreciated. And remember, peeps, we can't all live in nature, but it doesn't mean we can't live naturally.